Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Tuesday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username in all these uh, platforms here is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T, A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social media platform is. So again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, The Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. I want to kick things off with something that uh, really is standing out in my mind. Uh, A couple of days ago, maybe it was even the last podcast, I talked about... um, I talked about how listening comprehension is requires more vocabulary and grammar knowledge than being able to speak. If you didn't listen to that podcast, feel free to go back and listen to it. It was a really good one in my perspective. Now, I also posted about this topic. I posted about listening comprehension requiring more grammar and vocab knowledge and speaking. I posted about this on my Facebook and there was a fascinating comment by Andy Roberts that I want to highlight in the to, to kick this podcast off. Andy Roberts, for those of you who don't know who he is, he is someone who follows lots of different online polyglots and people who talk about language learning. And he is extremely active in the language learning community. He's actually arguably someone who is more well known than some people who talk about language learning because he's so active in the community and he posts a lot of comments and he replies to people's comments and he's very knowledgeable and he's very insightful. And he does post some of his own content as well. Um, He has a blog, which is called, I believe something like the Oregon Polyglot or something like that. He also makes some YouTube videos and overall he's just very, very knowledgeable about um, language learning. I feel very honored because I have done perhaps the only or definitely the first uh, interview with him on on a YouTube. I've done the very first or perhaps it's the only one that's ever been done. I'm not really sure, but I feel honored to have had that opportunity to have him on my channel. Anyway, I digress. Andy said the following. He replied to this post that I made on Facebook. He said, this is why passive knowledge of vocabulary and grammar always has to be greater than active knowledge, at least on the intermediate level and above. On the other hand, passive knowledge is easier to attain than active knowledge. And this this struck a chord in my mind. You know, it's funny. When I when I talk to a lot of people in, let's say, French and Spanish, which are my strongest languages aside from English, often I will speak to people and I will. How do I explain this? People will say stuff that I 100 percent understand. I understood every word, every grammar point, everything. But if I had to say that exact same message, if I had to say the exact same thing, the words they used might not have come into my mind. Not because I didn't know the words, but because a lot of the words they used might be in my passive memory and I might know them passively, but I haven't, I don't quite have them in my active memory. And I don't quite have the ability to naturally, spontaneously use that kind of vocabulary on you know on a whim without thinking much about it and so it's it's a big thing that stands out to me it stands out a lot and on this note of passive and active memory an important thing to realize is sometimes 
a concept, a grammar concept or vocabulary, will sit in your passive memory for a long time before it transfers over to the active memory. A great example of this is Mandarin for me. Um, in Mandarin, there is a grammatical concept which is called ba. This ba does not exist in English or any language that I currently speak or have studied to any extent. And I remember when I first saw it, it threw my brain for a loop. I thought it was the hardest thing and my brain just couldn't grasp it. I could not understand it at a very deep level. And for the longest time, ba just sat in my passive knowledge, as passive knowledge or passive memory. And it got to a point where I would be able to understand people without a, without much difficulty when they used it, but I would never be able to use it. If someone asked me, hey, have you studied ba? I'd be like, yeah, I've studied it, but uh, maybe a review could help, or I don't really fully remember it. But if someone used it in a sentence, I would, with context, be able to pick up what they said. I think a lot of language learners can relate to this. Maybe there's a, a past tense in French and Spanish that's difficult for you. Or maybe it's a whatever it is. We can all probably relate to some extent. And with these difficult concepts, sometimes it just takes a long time for it to finally transfer over to active. I know with this Mandarin concept of ba, I'm still not at a point where I use it without thinking. Like I'm probably 50% there. And it's been probably three years approximately since I have since I was first introduced to this grammatical concept. And so I think the, a big thing to keep in mind is for people who are wanting to achieve a very fluent level, a very advanced level, let's call it a near native level, a C1 level, a C2 level, a level where you are very close to something native, where you have an academic understanding, blah, 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 blah. You're extremely fluent. Please understand that it is, it is a process that will take you years and it is not a process that will take you months. A lot of people can achieve this general kind of fluency, a level where you can communicate, you can understand TV, you can understand generally what people say, you can get your message across. People can, you can achieve that kind of level, you know, maybe in a year, two years, maybe less if you, if you uh, are not a perfectionist about your learning. That is definitely, you know, plausible, difficult, but plausible. But a near native level? where you are so strong that you are close to a native speaker, you're comparable to a native speaker, that my friends will just take you a long time from what I've seen, from my experience. And I think it's important to, you know, sit on this topic for a moment and make sure that I've said that clearly and it sinks into everybody's minds who's listening to this. Patience matters. Um, as well, when we're on this topic of passive and active memory, one of the things that we have to do as language learners is we have to try to expedite and accelerate the process of something going from our passive knowledge into active knowledge. Sometimes that expedition, is that a word? Sometimes that acceleration, that's a better word. Sometimes that acceleration can take time and really there's nothing we can do to make it happen instantaneously. It's kind of like if you had a really big lunch Let's say you had a big turkey, you had a big turkey, or you had some heavy meat or something with lots of butter and cream, or I don't know, something very heavy. No matter what you do, your body is going to need a lot of time to digest that food. There's nothing you can do to increase the digestion time. So with language learning, there are certain things that are going to be that way. There's just nothing you can do and it will take the time that it takes. <laughs> but there are sometimes some little 
tricks and things that we can do to hopefully help the process a little bit. And the, the biggest thing that's been helping me in recent history has been translation. I've talked about it recently on the podcast. In Spanish is where I've noticed it the most and a little bit in French as well. I will, sometimes when I'm communicating, I will, I will, I will think about what I would say in English in response to what somebody asked me. So someone will ask me something. I have the capability of just responding in Spanish or responding in French instantly without thinking. I have the capability. There's no doubt in my mind. But the thing is, I have been recently, you know, without using these words, I've only fully acknowledged it today, actually. But I have been trying recently in French and Spanish to increase my active knowledge and expand my active knowledge because I haven't done so in a very, very long time. And so what I've been doing is when people ask me something in French, Spanish, whatever, often I'll pause for a moment and I will think, what would I actually like to say in an ideal world if I were speaking in English? I will take those words and I will translate it. I will try my best to translate that into French and Spanish. And often I'm finding myself without, ha I find myself not having the exact phrases or vocabulary that come to mind right away. And I have to maybe think about it or ask the native speaker, how would I say something like this? Or maybe look in the dictionary, things like that to help that, you know, that active knowledge increase. Because sometimes when I want to say something in a specific way and I can't think of the words, when I check the dictionary or when the native speaker tells me, I will think, oh yeah, I did know that. Meaning the knowledge was in my passive memory but it hadn't transferred yet to active. So by me pausing to think about it of what I would say in my mother tongue and thinking about it, yes, it slows down the conversation, I know, but when I do that and I work on it like that way, it starts to make some new neural connections and new connections between the bridge, essentially makes new connections and new bridges between the active and passive, um, and passive knowledge that exists in my brain. So I know a lot of people don't like translation, but I, I know translation definitely does have a, a function. It definitely can be used as a really, really good tool, especially for, for people like me who have an advanced level and I'm trying to expand. I'm trying to expand things a little bit more. So I definitely, I definitely this is a, a big thing that I wanted to, to focus on on, um, on this podcast episode. Changing gears a little bit, I wanna go into some bizarre territory. And ultimately this is going more in the direction of communication than it is strictly language learning. And it's the following. When we are speaking in any language, our mother tongue, a foreign language, doesn't matter when we're writing something, any form of communication in any language. A, a massive thing that has been on my mind recently is the importance of understanding the audience and who you are speaking to. You know, I was thinking about this because um, one of my students, she's a child, but she's a gifted writer. She's an extremely strong writer. If you were to read her writing, the vocabulary side and some of the grammatical nuances and the, and the storytelling side, you would probably think she's a high school student or uh, maybe a, yeah, probably a high school student, I would assume, something like that when you read her writing initially, just because of the vocabulary and such that she uses. But she's still in elementary school. She's like, what, nine years old, I believe? She's very, very young, but she has an extreme talent for it. And as a result, when I'm working with her and I'm trying to help her with her writing, she writes stories. She will write like straight out books. Like she writes essentially short novels 
and she could write long novels too, to be perfectly honest. She is very capable. So I coach her and I work with her on helping her on her writing abilities and her storytelling and what works, what doesn't, you know, it's her things like that. And it's interesting, right? Because when I'm, when I've been working with her, a big epiphany I had is I'm working with her as if she's writing for more of an older audience. And that's just because of how she writes. But what I hadn't realized until recently is that she's still nine. And the, the ideas that she wants to write about and the, and the concepts and the stories she wants to tell are designed for people that she knows at her age with her kind of life experience. So for me to coach her writing and to help her writing with me unconsciously thinking of an older audience is incorrect. It's a false mentality for me to have. I have to actually think about what kind of, what is going to resonate with people her age. So there are a lot of things that she has in her story that I think is silly. I don't really like, but because I'm not the target audience, we've left it. I'm like, you know what? I think people her age would resonate with that just based on what, based on my own beliefs and assumptions and blah, 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 blah. So it's a big thing. It's a, it's a very broad concept, but it has many applications. So it, it has a teaching application. If you're, if you're working with kids on writing or adults on writing, things like that, you have to keep in mind who is the target audience. I think it has, it, it bleeds into cultural awareness. When you're learning another language, you have to keep in mind who is the target, who is the target audience of your communication. If you are learning Mandarin, your target audience of communication is Chinese people, Taiwanese people, maybe people in like in, in a lot of other Asian countries, Singapore, maybe some Malaysia. What kinds of beliefs do they have? You know, how do they view the world? How, you know, what, um, what kinds of things can you say in Mandarin that are acceptable or that sound good that maybe sound bad in your mother tongue? What kinds of things could you say in your mother tongue that saying in Mandarin either just sounds funny because the grammar doesn't work that way, or maybe it's culturally inappropriate. All very important things that we have to keep in mind. These are all, in my perspective, very important things to think about. And maybe it's just because of the life I live. Maybe for the average Joe, it's not super important. And it's just something that interests me and that is very relevant to me. I mean, for me, for example, one thing I was thinking about today even is my content, all the content that I make, which obviously uses language as a form of communication, obviously. You know, I have to think about what platforms do I create content on and the types of content I'm making, who is it resonating with? I can just tell by my demographics. When I look at who listens to my podcast and who watches my videos and all that stuff, I can very easily see who I resonate with. That, that is very, very obvious. I can see it. But it means that if I want to resonate with other types of people, I have to change how I communicate. There has to be stuff that's different. I have to address different topics. I have to almost have to listen more. It's funny how much listening, both in foreign languages and in your mother tongue, it's interesting to me how much listening actually drives communication. A lot of us, when, we, when it comes to communication, we default into thinking that we have to use our mouths or maybe in body language, but actually observing people's body language, listening to the words that they're using is arguably 
of equal importance or perhaps more importance because the listening side is going to drive what you actually say and how you communicate. I'll give you a fantastic example. I was uh, sitting with a student the other day and you know, a lot, for some reason with this, you know, with this, with this, excuse me, with this one student, we have a good rapport. We have a good lessons. They learn, we have a good time. Like we like each other, but I don't feel overly connected to this one student. There are other students I feel very connected to and we're almost closer to friends, but this one, not as much. And I was pondering it while the students directly in front of me. And I was like, why is that? Why is it that I don't feel as connected to the student? And I realized what it was. I realized that I ask her questions about herself more as a polite thing to do and not because I'm actually curious. And I realized actually that it's something I do with a lot of people, a lot of people. I ask a lot of questions and I listen to their answers and we talk and it creates conversations, but I'm not asking out of, like I'm not actually fully listening to their reply, which is bad. I just don't like that. And I realized that I was doing that with the student and many other people, actually, not everyone, but many people. And I thought, good Lord, that's got to change. So in that moment, I decided to actually ask questions and be genuinely curious about the answer and actually let the answer sink into my brain. And something magical happened. Number one, we had a, I felt more connected to this student. Number two, I learned a lot more about that student than I'd ever known before. And I was like, what the heck? I didn't know that you're passionate about this and that and this activity and this hobby. And wow, I didn't know you were looking to move into this career and not that career. Oh, cool. Oh, I didn't know you like, like there's a lot that I learned and that created a real connection, a real connection point, at least on my end, I would assume on their end too, but on my end for sure. And that influenced how I communicated. So for foreign languages, <clears throat> it's funny, right? Because it's such a vague concept and I struggle to articulate it clearly. I'm struggling right now as I'm even recording this. I'm trying to find the right words, which is why I'm just rambling on and trying to find the right words right now and angle to explain it. I think when we're learning other languages, the, to achieve a level of fluency, we have to actually listen to what the other person is saying. Isn't that weird? I think there's some truth to that. I actually believe it is difficult, perhaps even not possible. I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's not possible, but let's say difficult. I think it would be more difficult to achieve fluency in a language where you feel comfortable speaking, very comfortable in conversations, if you are not actually trying to listen for the purpose of making a connection with the other person, if you are fully focused on the language elements of what you're saying, like grammar and vocabulary, and that's your only focus, I think that it's going to be diff. It's going to be harder for you to actually have a good conversation and everything. But if you're focused on making a connection, with the other person and that's your primary focus, it's going to bleed into how you speak and it's gonna bleed into your conversations. It's going to actually simplify the process. You know, it's funny, I'm thinking about this now and I've never really gone into this territory in my own mind. So right now we're going down some very new territory. Literally, as we speak, the thoughts that I'm saying are the thoughts that are occurring to me. I'm thinking about this now, even in French and Spanish. 
for the longest time, even even currently, weirdly, um, when I, man, for the longest time, when I communicate in French and Spanish, I'm very strong in these languages. My primary focus is often on the language. It's often on the language, making sure I say things properly, make sure I come across as natural, make sure blah, 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 make sure I don't make too many mistakes, make sure I understand the words that the other person said. That's often a massive focus that I have. And as a result, uh, there have been there have been many times where I've spoken with someone for quite some time and I've met them many times, blah, 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 but we don't have a real connection, which weirdly leads to communicative breakdowns. There are points in time where we struggle to communicate because of that. And as I'm thinking about it now, the people with whom I, with whom, wow, where did that grammar come from? People who, <laughs> anyway, with people that I, I speak to who um, I have been focused on relationship and listening and building a connection, my fluency tends to be better and tends to be stronger now that I'm really pondering it. I don't know, it's an interesting thought. I feel like, you know, in two, three, four podcasts, this is gonna be another theme that I have developed on more because I'll have time to sit on it and marinate on it and think about it and process this thought that literally occurred to me like three seconds ago. But I think there's something there. I think there's a level of truth with this whole concept and statement. Wow, yeah, I'm just like in a shock right now, just in silence, in utter silence. But anyway, maybe to wrap all of that you know, communicative stuff that we just talked about. Maybe to wrap it all up, we can summarize it. I think number one, keeping your audience in mind matters. You have to think about who you're speaking to, who you're communicating with, both in terms of their cultural background, both in terms of life, both in terms of life experiences, in terms of their age. That's a really big one. Their age matters. Things about how to be like politeness. There's a lot of cultural nuances of what's acceptable versus what isn't. We have to think about who is the target audience. Number two, I think listening plays a really big role in communication. Listening to both bo what they're saying, watching body language and, and being fully attentive to the person in front of us. I think that is a really big thing as well. Um, and ultimately, I, I think that focus on communication as a whole can bleed into um, can definitely bleed heavily into your uh, your overall fluency in a language. Again, like I said before, that is a topic that is something that I think I'm going to have to elaborate on at another time as I have more, um, you know, weeks and, and, and moments and energy to process through that because I think there's truth to it, but I don't know how to elaborate on it more right now. But um, yeah, I guess we can wrap this podcast up here. This is a really fun one. I enjoy this. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate um, your attention and we will talk next time. Bye for now. See you.